Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Guys. Yes. Okay. It's a big day. Well, okay. it's a big few days. Fa- um, Father's I, Day? Well, it is Father's Day. Yeah, That's it's not Father's the Day. It's big. Oh. Happy Father's Day, Dad. That's actually not what I was talking about. Not that. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to our dad and all dads. All dads. Um, who are dadding it up out there. Great in job. Dadly ways. Uh, no. Okay. Swifties everywhere have been waiting for Taylor's next announcement. When is, when's the next album, Taylor? When's the next re-recording? They've been putting together their, their string wall charts. <laughs> yes. I don't, what do you call that thing in the meme with the strings and the pushpins? Oh, like a I don't know. conspiracy board, a theory board, conspiracy board, murder board, conspiracy web, <laughs> conspiracy web. Um, but we all I, I am now a part of the Taylor Swift TikTok community, apparently oh. not creating content. Just it always pops up on my feed. Uh-huh. Um, and there has been a theory now because usually she'll make announcements on a Thursday and like release something on a Friday. There have been theories now for every single Thursday and Friday for the past four or five weeks and nothing has happened. Um, and I've just been greatly disappointed until this past Friday, Taylor announced the re-recording of Red is coming November 19th Oh, because one of Red's hit singles was 22 and 22 weeks from this past Friday is November 19th. <laughs> this is, it's a lot. It's a lot, Taylor. Uh, it's a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this, really. But, but everyone is so confused because she was dropping so many hints. It was going to be 1989. She has released a bunch of merch that's summer merch, but all of it says Taylor Swift established 1989 and is the color scheme of her 1989 mm-hmm. album. Um, there were hints in music videos and stuff, and then it never happened. And a lot of people think either it's a surprise, it's going to happen in the summer, because when she announced Fearless, it was coming out the next month. Now... She announces Red. It's not coming out for five months. Oh. So everyone's like, what's going to happen between? You don't wait five months to release. What, what's going on? Everyone thinks it's either a surprise or she was like, hmm, they figured it out. It was going to be 1989. Let's switch it up. Let's make it Red. <laughs> Unexpected. <laughs> well, that's very exciting. But it is very exciting. She said there will be 30 songs on this album when the original only had 22. Mm-hmm. But two oh, wow. of them were original demo recordings, which obviously you cannot re-record a demo recording right so really 20 and there will be 30 on this album one of which is the 10 minute long explicit version of all too well which is my favorite taylor swift song that was only five minutes six minutes now the original was 10 minutes long it has bad words in it and it's about jake gyllenhaal oh what oh yes I didn't know that and the 10 minute version of all too well with bad words that has only been rumored about will now be on this full version of the album that i don't that's a I lot always, to take in i know i always enjoyed jake gyllenhaal in films he was apparently i mean i don't know him as a person real bad I'm boy just, aww. um but aww, the, the best part is he's in a new animated movie that just came out and uh-huh. the promotional video for the movie used a taylor swift song from 1989 but her re-recorded version mm-hmm. so that's part of the reason why everyone thought that was going to be the next album because this song was on it. Jake Gyllenhaal 
was the main voice in this animated movie and apparently the easter egg there was not 1989 will be next because this song in this movie is from that album it was this movie stars jake gyllenhaal and the next album that comes out will re-ruin jake gyllenhaal's life for the next few months uh was he i just want to know because i i I, donnie darko was an important part of my childhood is it bad like he was a bad boyfriend here he was a bad human Oh, no, I think he was just a bad boyfriend. Okay, all right. Okay. Well, that's still bad. Kind of like but... in the way that Joe Jonas, like, you know, right, kind of sucked as a boyfriend because he broke up with Taylor Swift over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jake Gyllenhaal was just a bad boyfriend. Yeah. But made her write the best song she's ever written, so, you know. It's funny, that I don't... that song, I, the first time I heard it was a Dan Campbell cover, and I thought that was just one of his songs. And for the longest really? time, I thought it was just a good, like, kind of punk emo song and then you're like oh yeah taylor swift's all too well I'm like wait is that a cover oh my god oh, it my. is <laughs> Did, it's starting to sound some of this like these loosely connected theories and things are starting to sound a little like ancient aliens to me yeah okay so <laughs> just that the of the guy with the poofy hair but it's taylor swift <laughs> yes i saw a tiktok actually just last night that said remember when taylor swift was announcing lover and said, here's my music video with this single from this next album. The title of the album is somewhere in the music video. And there's literally a moment, and it's the music video for me that mm-hmm. Charlie loves so much. There's a moment in it where there's a big neon sign that says lover. And that was her saying the next t- title of the album. But everyone assumed that was too obvious and started reading into every single thing in the music video. And now has been doing the same thing since with every album. And people are like, guys... She just put the title of that album in big letters there. I think we're think we're taking this too far uh-huh. now. <laughs> oh, but she took it as yeah. a challenge and decided to get more obscure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like someone saw she tweeted something and used an emoji that that version of that emoji came out in 2014 and hasn't been on iPhone since 2014. Mm-hmm. Said, well, 1989 came out in 2014. So that's her way of saying 1989 is next. <laughs> I... Um... You know that show Justin likes to watch about those people who are trying to find treasure on that island in Canada? Yeah. <laughs> it's that. <laughs> <laughs> this is sort of like that. Yeah. There's a... a There's a- no treasure there. April 30th was a sad day. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in her music video for Willow, I think, uh, there was a clock in the back that the time was 4.30 and it was very prominent in several shots. Everyone was like, well, that... April 30th, question mark. And now everyone thinks, well, Red was her fourth album and it has 30 mm-hmm. songs on it. Maybe that's what she was saying. But I, I don't know. That's why April 30th was so disappointing. Everyone was like, what's next? <laughs> Apparently nothing. There is a secret word called Woodvale in the uh, one of her album covers for Folklore. And everyone thought that was her way of saying there was a third album coming called Woodvale. And she said, no, that really was just an accident. <laughs> that was a like mock-up name when we hadn't come up with an official name for the title yet and it ended up in some of the artwork and no one believed this but now I think it really was just an accident <laughs> I don't know it's wild time to be a Taylor Swift fan <laughs> <laughs> wild time to be a Taylor Swift listen, fan indeed listen there are there are 10 and 11 year olds in my children's pre-show that were listening to Taylor Swift backstage and I was like, oh, I love that song. It's a great uh-huh. album. And they said, you listen to Taylor Swift? Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, I have been listening to Taylor Swift since before you were born. <laughs> and then, and now you know how we feel all the time. Yeah, they couldn't believe it. They were like, what? 
they thought these re-recordings were like new. I didn't even know the whole story. I just no. I, I kid feel, kids I feel to, old. Kids today, right? Kids today. <laughs> wow. Taylor Swift fans today. <laughs> wow. Kids today. Uh, speaking of Taylors, there's another Taylor who's present here today. That and one has, and has slightly, <laughs> slightly, slightly less uh, famous, and and I would say slightly less obtuse. Uh, yes. You can, uh, you, you, please tell us, please share with us. Oh, uh, the topic for today? Yes. Are you asking, <laughs> asking that? Or just in general, how I'm feeling? And well, I mean, you know, it's, it's like to share with the class. You could share I whatever no, you'd like. I don't to. want to, actually. I never, I never wanted to. Uh, okay. But no, uh, as we mentioned last week, I wanted to talk about revolutionary girl, uh, Utana, which is, uh, it's a, there's a lot of media. There's a manga, there's, a. a animated series there is a uh, a movie um mm-hmm. it all came out in like like the manga started in, in 1996 the uh animation started in 97 the movie came out in 99 so it's all like 90s era uh all by the uh co- artist collective b papas but mainly the the director was uh kunihiko ikuhara um very very uh i i think i beloved weird but beloved anime from my youth (laughs) now did you watch this when we were younger because i don't remember you showing me this one well uh i watched uh, a fair bit of utina in high school but as as we've discovered this is along with tegan and sarah my secret gay uh you know like (laughs) shoebox under my bed Uh, i would not have shared with you that i was watching revolutionary girl utina because uh the animated series is fairly it's I don't want to call it gay bait because they cement the relationship in the movie, but it, it mm-hmm. never really crosses the line into a relationship. Whereas in the movie it is clear that the relationship is between the two women that are the lead characters. Yeah, that's true. Cause early I watched some of the show and early in the show, she actually like Utana actually uh, says that she's looking for like, she's a, what, how does she put it? I'm looking for a normal I'm a normal girl. I'm looking for a boy or something. <laughs> yes, that's that sentence we all said to ourselves when you're young. I'm a normal girl looking for a normal boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a just it's this. I don't want to find a prince. I just want to be a prince. That's but I'm a normal girl looking for a boy. Looking for, for a boy. Uh, I uh, I had never heard of it. Um, in fact, when you first told us the name, I thought you said Antenna. Yeah. I also did. Which is what I initially Googled. Did not find the answer. Um, <laughs> Revolutionary Girl Antenna. I uh-huh. mean, it's been scientifically, I think, pretty good for us, but not, not the same. Uh, but uh, I was, I enjoyed it. I have to say I was confused at some parts. What? Because there's a lot of media. What specifically did you both consume? Just so I, I know what we're working with. <laughs> Uh, I mainly watched the movie. Okay. I watched the movie first. Um, I had watched the little clips because it was before I knew we could watch the whole show. I watched little bits from the show, but mm-hmm. mainly the movie, um, which I was confused by also at points. And then I looked up on the internet and realized, okay, it's not just me. Good. And then I read yes. lots of articles and like posts about the movie and explaining the movie. And I feel like I understand it better now, but I was glad to know I was not the only one. Yeah, yeah it is the more confusing. The show was more like what I was used to uh, kind of in other animes, especially like with the magical elements and kind of like feel that I, you know. Yeah. 
the, the so there is there is like a surrealist bent to it, but not quite as much, perhaps mm-hmm. as. I mean, we're we're gonna talk about it like the turning into a car. Yeah, yeah. no, that's <laughs> that. I, I remember being kind of artistically offended by that scene when I first saw that, like a decade ago, and now I'm like, no, that's that's good. I like that. I like the car. <laughs> I was just. I remember. I looked up as soon as I finished. I said I was just trying to figure out the car. What the car? She turned mm-hmm. into a car. I need. To, I need to understand. And I stumbled across multiple written articles Mm -hmm. and posts online like analyzing and and explaining the whole movie in like a very like rhetorical analysis Mm -hmm. English class essay type vibe and I was like okay I guess I'll just read all of this you know it's just like it's like you know that annoying question when if you're like dating someone of the same gender it's like oh who's the man and who's the woman it's like uh uh, no who's the car and who's the key (laughs) (laughs) but Uh, yeah it's I don't know. There's a lot of weird symbolism, surrealism. The director has been very vague of like, I want you to interpret it. I want you to think about it. Like he's not. Uh, is it? A, sorry. No. I think. I They're think that's gonna, very. It, yeah, he's not giving anything away. I think that's very interesting because so often you'll hear creators be like, "No, this is what I meant." Yeah. <laughs> like, let me tell you, this is my vision. And I, I, that's I read the same. I read a lot of that same commentary. Like, I don't want to tell you what, <laughs> what to interpret. Yeah. Like, put yourself. You put that in there. You put that meaning into it and interact with it, which is always cool in art. But like, I, I feel like there are a lot of people who make movies who are like, no, 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 listen, <laughs> this is what I'm trying to say. Well, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I say, well, and that's I, I think it's uh, just as a, as a framing uh, to this. I, I wanted to mention he also directed or he worked on Sailor Moon. And part okay. of the uh, envisioning of Utena came from sort of a scrapped Sailor Moon plot that heavily involved Uranus and Neptune. So mm. I think it, that adds into it that he's kind of telling a story where those two those two characterizations, I think, are present, which I think is a cool detail to kind of... It's connected to Sailor yeah. Moon that way. I thought I'd seen that in the description of the movie when I went to rent it. It mentioned somehow being like inspired by connected to sailor moon i can see that you know what i saw that i saw sailor moon was in the description Uh on the show really too i is there a voice actor that's the same there might be but i think the big thing is that the director is Mm -hmm. uh, well maybe that's what it was because i didn't read the whole thing i was just sort of clicking through to watch it Mm -hmm. you know so i didn't i didn't read okay that makes sense i um is it like are you gonna disown me because i watched dubs or no uh (laughs) no i'm i'm old and i'm always busy so dubs actually are very very good for me now because then i can do something while i'm also watching some anime Mm. i'm not i'm not 15 year old taylor who would have been like no subs or die (laughs) (laughs) i thought i had purchased the sub subs but then it wasn't i had that moment where i was like where are the words I understand what they're saying. Oh, no. They're speaking English. <laughs> I think that's either that or there's a TARDIS nearby. But one way or the other, I understand them. <laughs> Wait, do I suddenly understand? Do I know Japanese? Do I know Japanese? <laughs> this is great. I didn't know I knew it. I always think I do until I try to watch like a raw or just don't read the subs. I'm like, nope, don't know Japanese yet. Nope, still need, still need the subs. Still need the dubs. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. turns out that one year that I took with you in high school was not enough for me to have learned <laughs> and become fluent in Japanese. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, you know, it's a complicated language. Beautiful, but complicated language. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Justin's taking it now, and he, like, 
there was a word that he saw on the screen somewhere and he was like, I can read that. Oh, no, I saw <laughs> I saw his hiragana book there. I'm like, oh, yes, you're going to feel so smart when you're studying hiragana and katakana. And then you're going to hit kanji and then your world will be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you go, well, that was fun. I tried. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, this this kanji can be read three different ways in, in, con- in combination with three different symbols and eight different meanings. Great. Okay. Good, good. <laughs> just don't have a big enough brain. Uh, it well, first of all, let me say I found it um, visually quite lovely. Yes, just that to start off with. I mean, that's not the only thing, but um, it was very pretty to look at. Well, I think I think that that is a huge part of what I loved as a child or as a teenager. I think that was one of the biggest impacting things on me. Is that like this is animation doing what only animation can do you know there's that idea in modern mm-hmm. art that once we had like photography and film which could out realism us we had to realize what our mediums could do unique to our mediums because a film is always going to tell a story more realistically a photo is going to always capture an image more realistically what can we do and i think especially the utena movie is an example of what animation can do because it plays between mm-hmm. like showing depth showing flatness sometimes you can see the mark of the pen you know there's like these beautiful color like landscapes sometimes it's very geometric like with the square rose garden i think that the mm-hmm. it is just absolutely like a just the just a total celebration of animation and hand-drawn mm-hmm. animation do you uh for people listening who maybe haven't watched it all do you want to give like a short oh yeah that would help plot yeah, yeah. <laughs> synopsis. Uh, so Utena is basically about a uh, a young girl who, when she, when she was a child, she was uh, sort of rescued from her grief by a prince. Uh, her parents had died, and she was alone. And he encouraged her to keep her noble heart, and you know, like like find him, and you know, stay strong. And he gives her this rose signet ring that she wears, and this leads her to this academy where you know, as she's a young adult, there are these duelists, and the they are fencing i guess uh sword fighting uh and whoever wins the sword fight uh in each individual round uh gets the hand of the rose bride who is this uh woman anthe who's kind of trapped in this role of the rose bride where she kind of belongs to whoever wins her um yeah and uh utena inspired by this prince that rescued her didn't want to find a prince but rather be a prince so she's entering into these duels to uh, kind of not really understanding what they are at first, but her goal for a, for a while is just sort of, well, if I win Anthe, I can protect Anthe. And then it kind of becomes something more complex from there. Uh, uh, the, the whole, the title, Revolutionary Girl Utena, it's like if you win Anthe's hand, you don't just win Anthe, but you win access to some sort of power that can revolutionize the world. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's the basic setup. Mm-hmm. And she pulls a sword out of Anthe's body. Yes. Anthe can make a sword. Well, I, I, <laughs> I mean, not just like a lot of people can make oh, a sword. Yeah, no. We don't just mean make a sword. That's not how people make swords generally. Just from your chest. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I've never made a sword. I haven't either. Do we know that? That's true. Actually. Is that how they're all made? I've watched, I've watched some YouTube videos. That, I mean, it involves a lot of folding. <laughs> I think Travis is trying to make a sword. I don't think that's how he did <laughs> that's, it. That's fair. That's, that's believable. I need no other information to be like, yeah, of course he is. <laughs> um, but that is convenient that she keeps one right there on hand. Yeah. Well, in chest. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and then, uh, but, but the, you know, this is where the kind of the, the weird symbolism kind of nothing. I, I don't think you can take anything for face value because then at the end of the series, this doesn't happen in the movie, but at the end of the series, uh, the uh, antagonist draws a sword from Utena's chest. And I don't know if every woman has a sword inside of her. Every person has a sword. Mm. I think it's a it's a it's something about disarming a person and being their protector instead of letting the person have their own strength. I think think maybe that's there's a, there's a symbolism happening <laughs> well and i mean there's a symbol, <laughs> there, a it's, symbol. <laughs> it's definitely the kind of thing because like again you're used to especially uh from a lot of the anime that you had exposed me to you're i was prepared for like the magical elements mm-hmm. and that they're not necessarily always metaphorical sometimes it's just like no it's just magic right <laughs> This is, that's the thing that's magic um but it was i think it's very clear pretty early on that like there's a lot of symbolism in terms of growing up childhood and adulthood and then obviously a lot to say especially in the movie about like sexuality and gender mm-hmm. and um it's not just like and she's magic yeah <laughs> and she's a car well, and that's there's a, there's a bit of a slow burn aspect to the anime that's not in the movie. I think the movie condenses all the ideas of Utena into a very quick surrealist experiment that I think gets the mm-hmm. point across maybe a little bit better because the anime mm-hmm. it runs for like there's three seasons three arcs. Uh, it's it starts off pretty much playing like face value. This is a magical girl anime. This is the setup. This is what's going to happen, and it stays that course, you know, with slight hints that weirder stuff is going on. And then it kind of spins out towards the end, whereas the movie does that very quickly. <laughs> the yeah. movie is not interested in making you believe this is a reality. You know, I think you can watch the whole movie and think the whole thing is like somebody's inner psychological landscape, figuring out their identity and their sexuality and their gender and how they where their place is in the world. I think you can watch the whole movie mm-hmm. that way and it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I want to talk more where you're kind of leading to where I wanted to go, which is like how much I feel like it has to say about sexuality and gender and part of why I feel like it must have been and remains important to you. Mm -hmm. Um, But before we do that, let's check the group message. Oh, I love telling you all about my pants. What a good (laughs) song. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Is that your favorite song? It's my favorite song. Uh, Well, let me tell you about my favorite pants. They're beta brands, dress pants yoga pants you've heard me talk about them before and that's because i love them i've loved them for a long time they've always been my go-to um work professional professional pants pro pants (laughs) pro pants um because they are dress pants and they look like dress pants because they're dress pants but the secret is they feel like yoga pants because you can really move in them you're really comfortable um it's just it's really like functional wrinkle resistant stretch knit fabric that you can wear all day feel good in um look like you know what you're doing and not have to worry about if you do have a busy day where you have to go from one thing to another say like you're a doctor and a podcaster i don't know maybe you are and (laughs) you want to feel comfortable while both doctoring and podcasting beta brand dress pant yoga pants are the kind of pants that you can do that in and then when your kids jump on you you don't have to worry about like getting all wrinkled and everything because because they don't they don't wrinkle um, they're super comfortable. I, I can't recommend them enough. If you're looking for something like I'm going to have long work days and I just want something that'll look nice, but I'm not going to be dying to tear off of me by the end of the day. Beta brand dress pant yoga pants are the pants for you. And right now our listeners can get 25% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash buffering. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash buffering. 
find out why people are ditching typical work pants for Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants by going to betabrand.com slash buffering for 25% off. So it's been a long year, a lot of staying at home, a lot of, a lot of not going places. But finally, this summer, seems like maybe we're getting, we're getting a little bit, getting a little bit of those trips back, getting a little bit of that life back, that excitement um, for, for lots of us. And I know when I'm getting back out there, maybe heading back to the gym for the first time, when I'm getting ready for an evening with my friends, maybe going on a long trip, whether in the car or by other mode of transportation um i always need my music with me and that's why i always take my raycons with me because with raycon you get crisp powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands they're not only designed to give you that great sound but they're also designed to look and feel great they come in a range of cool colors and with customizable gel tips included for a comfortable in-ear fit which is very important because it's there's nothing worse than when you're on a run, you're at the gym, one of those one of those falls out while you're in the middle of a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the, these don't do that. You got that perfect in ear fit with those customizable tips, and they're built to go wherever you go because they have quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing and a compact charging case. And I can personally vouch for that long battery life and that portability. It's 24 hours of battery life. I can take it with me wherever I go. I take them to the gym. I take them when I'm going somewhere to get ready with friends. When I am at a rehearsal, perhaps backstage at a show, I need some, uh, you know, some pump up beats. Take them with me wherever I go and they last for 24 hours. So I don't have to charge them all the time to keep, keep the music going. So listen up. Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for our listeners. And here's what you've got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash buffering. There you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order, and it's such a good deal, you'll want to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash buffering. Buyraycon.com slash buffering. I have a message from Austin Bradburn, who would like us to tell you about his Twitch stream uh, slash community. So he's advertising his Twitch stream slash community that is located at twitch.tv slash pink is how it's pronounced. But let me spell that for you. Twitch.tv slash P-E-H-N-K-D. And hoping that uh, you, our fans, our listeners, will come play with us. Friday, June 8th, uh, we launched a new Minecraft server that we are hoping will be of interest to Still Buffering listeners. We are a community focused on diversity and being yourself that has done charity streams for various uh, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, and trans-specific focus groups in the past. We are hoping to foster a community that allows people to be themselves and proud of who they are in an online gaming environment. So check that out. That is twitch.tv slash pink, P-E-H-N-K-D. Thank you. And I have a, a Jumbotron for uh, Dennis and Gaia and Olive from Emily. Uh, Emily says, happy anniversary. As I've told you before, you're everything my Taylor Swift field teen self dreamed of while listening to Fearless at 14. We obviously had very different teen experiences, so I'm glad you came into my life when you did. What better way to celebrate these five years than by having our favorite podcast siblings announce it to the world? Aww. 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 Well, happy anniversary and thank you. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Uh, so I thought what was interesting, Tay, is that, you know, when you when you first sort of mentioned that you wanted us to check this out, you said it was 
you know, a lesbian anime. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, but that was part of why it was important to you is the, is the sexuality aspect. Month. Yes, and it's Pride Month. Uh, but it also, I thought, had a lot to say pretty quickly, even in the, the series, about gender. Yes. Um, because that's, it's very notable that right from the jump, Utena is wearing a boy's school uniform and sort of challenging the idea of what, like... Like a school dress code. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty relevant at all times, I think. Yeah. I, and I thought that was very cool. There's a lot to say about that, too. Well, and, and it's also interesting because I listened to the sub and the dub just to see what they did with this. But uh, Wakaba, her friend uh, in the um, in the anime, refers to Utena at the beginning both as her boyfriend and with he him pronouns. Uh, I, I wanted mm. to check out the dub because in the in the uh, subtitled water in the Japanese, uh, Utena is often referred to with um she she refers to herself as boku which is like i like the you know talking to myself mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and that is it's slightly gendered uh, like in in more modern times it's cool for like young girls to call themselves boku because it's kind of edgy or you know it's, i don't i don't know the, the full cultural inflection but it's mm-hmm. not a hard line but generally mm-hmm. boku is a word reserved for young men and then like ore is for adult men or more masculine people and like women would say either the non-gendered watashi or the like cutesy atashi uh so that utena is calling herself boku uh it's not on it's like a thing a woman can do but it is a masculine slant but more importantly her friends refer to her as utena kun kun is usually the kind of you know the friendly suffix that's used for men whereas chan would be Mm. used like you know i Instead of Utena Chan, you you remember the Sid from Japanese, like yeah, I do remember yeah. that. And so they call her Utena Kun. Is that what they're trying to in the dub? Uh, everybody calls her Miss Utena. No, I mean that. Probably, I would think. I think. Anth- I mean, Anthea is calling her like like Utena San or you know like. Well, Anthea is, but the friend like see. I thought it was interesting, and I don't know. Again, maybe culturally, this is this is not what is being insinuated but um utena is very popular it seems like yes specifically with the girls at the school and they do like um that they all like when they see her they i mean i don't know the the look of like on their faces and the way that it's presented it looks like they're all like infatuated Mm -hmm. um it looks like a romantic or attraction or something um, beyond just like I want to be friends with that girl, it and they all like are are sort of like fangirling over her, like oh look there she is, <laughs> it's Miss Utena, <laughs> um, and all waving at. I don't know. It's a very I, it it didn't read to me as just like they want to be friends with. No, her. I I yeah, I think that's well. I mean, I think that gets to a broader like point of what is like what is revolutionary in the title, the revolutionary girl Utena. Like, what is yes. it trying to say about gender and about sexuality because i don't think it's just you know i i pushed back a bit when i i maybe have described it as a lesbian anime but i think it's so much more than that and i don't think it's just about like the freedom of a woman to love a woman i think it is trying to say something so much more freeing than that and i think Mm -hmm. that it's like the idea of of the roles we're made to play in society you know if your only choices are be a prince and fight forever for, you know, your princess or be a princess and have no agency, be an object to be one. And I think the idea behind the show is like, can we not have, can we just do away with all of this? 
can we can we break mm-hmm. free of these artificially created systems that like rob us all of happiness? So I think right away, the, I read, oh, sorry, I was going to say that the, the thing about Utena is that she already doesn't fit into the system from the very beginning. And that leads to the revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she she definitely has that. Um, I, I felt like there were even uh, like times where the way that she was being drawn and the angles on her gave her a more masculine look even like I don't know there were there were shots of her face that I I feel like I don't know I just it felt to me like we are conveying to you that this is not your average girl like that it's not that simple this story Mm -hmm. is more complex than that um and uh and I read some critiques again trying to understand the movie (laughs) uh to uh, uh, to the effect that it was it is more than like you said than just about sexuality that the the goal was not like hey we don't have enough you know LGBTQ characters so we just want to make a straightforward you know the these two girls love each other story like yes that is there you can read that in there where that's not unintentional certainly in the movie it's quite overt mm-hmm. um, but also we're sort of breaking out of the idea of what gender is what sexuality is what you can what what you have to be and what you're assigned to be and all those different things um and i thought it had a lot to say about that that's very obvious i feel like that's why it's important that it's not like she's not the revolutionary utina revolutionary Mm -hmm. girl utina because like you know she's a different kind of girl i mean it's what Mm -hmm. you said it's it's not falling into general traditional stereotypes which is something that tay is that like was that more common, I guess, challenging gender norms or challenging, like, you know, what's accepted about sexuality in popular media? Was that more common in non-American media, like in anime? Because I feel like, you know, you said this was all in the 90s. I feel like that maybe wouldn't have been as prevalent in, you know, an American mm-hmm. cartoon or an American show. Well, there was always an audience for, uh, I mean, like, queer content i guess and japanese anime and manga back at the time but it was usually Mm -hmm. held in a different area like it's you know not porn Mm -hmm. but it's just kind of a specific you know like area of media like right uh, and that this is one that's interesting because it breaks into the mainstream and it's not just queer baiting that audience that exists that will consume this stuff but it's actually rewarding them with queer content which i think i don't think that that didn't happen as much at the time in the mainstream at all like definitely Mm -hmm. not for a cartoon that would have had mass appeal and watched by like young people uh there's uh, i think a bit of a nefarious history with a lot of anime of setting up characters that you know if you want to see them as gay you can and we'll take your money if you want to (laughs) but not really delivering on the the gay yeah i mean it's like it's like sailor moon right like no they're not in love they're cousins in the well in the dub because of america that's what i'm saying yeah because of coming to i'm I'm not coming to america but the americanized version (laughs) well no but that's what i was saying like you know same kind of era in time and the american english dub they were not in love no they're They're cousins (laughs) very close cousins yes so i like that seems like something that i i don't know you couldn't have done here they had to make it not gay here Mm -hmm. but was which, more accepted which yeah. is why i always theorized it took so long for like them to bring over the seasons where the sailor stars were there yeah well that's just happened in like the last like couple years that we've gotten those mm-hmm. they're just now getting dubbed so yeah <laughs> like how yeah, do we explain all, all, this 
Yeah. All, all these Americans who are like, well, we can't have this. This These two girls are girlfriends and that's not OK. We can't have that. And it's like, well, let me tell you about the Sailor Stars. Now, hold on. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I don't I mean, I think it, it's one of the reasons that uh, the, the director left Sailor Moon or left the animation studio that made Sailor Moon and, and decided to kind of strike out on his own was he felt he was kind of restrictive, his, his creative control. So, you know, you're seeing is kind of un, unhinged what he wanted to say. And I mean, it's doing it's there's a lot to kind of unpack. It's it's a lot going on. There's there is deconstruction mm-hmm. of shoujo anime of like what you expect typical tropes in magical girl anime. I think that's kind of pulled under the microscope. But I mean, I think even it, it, it extends beyond to the things that resonated with me definitely centered around gender and sexuality when I was a kid. But I think it extends beyond that into like identity as a whole i mean Mm -hmm. one of the other aspects that i I think you can't not talk about is that it's one of the first uh dark-skinned anime characters mains like main characters that you get like in a mainstream anime like Mm -hmm. oh i didn't realize that was a big deal um and i mean obviously the other characters aren't white they're meant to be japanese but if you see like how she is othered and how she's viewed as the kind of witch character that takes all the hate of the other characters I don't think it I think it was purposeful that that he bega- put Anthony in that role with like a darker skin. I think he's he's trying to say something about like the broken society that we've constructed that we all play our roles and they're all destructive and there are victims and then I guess you're the hero by rescuing the victim, but in order to be the hero, you have to have a constant victim. And are yeah. you willing to give up your identity as a hero if it means that the victim finally can stop being victimized? And, you know, that's that's the bigger question that I think is the end of Utena. Why, you know, like in the series, especially when Utena disappears, I think it's it's not choosing between being the, the hero that saves the day or the victim that's victimized. It's that, hey, this whole system is garbage and I'm walking away from it. And I want the victim to be truly freed, which means I have to stop existing as the hero or as the prince. Oh, is that what happens in the end of the series? In the series? end of the series, um, it's, it's pretty devastating. The last episode of the series, uh, she... Um, gets to the like the illusionary castle is just that it's like an illusion Mm -hmm. projected on the ceiling and uh like she finds anthe inside of a coffin and i mean it's kind of i feel like it's kind of like anthe has just been sort of this walking corpse this whole time and she's trying to free her it's as after anthe has stabbed her betrays her in this final battle anthe stabs her and says oh you can never be a prince because you're a woman and Mm. and then you know utena injured frees anthe from her her crypt or tries to and then anthe or then utena's just gone like there's this big dramatic end scene all of these thousand swords of hatred descend upon them and then it's just everything's back to school day and everybody's fine nobody can really remember utena people are already forgetting her that she existed she's gone and uh the uh akio the bad guy he's going to restart the dueling system Anthe has to go back to being the Rose Bride. And now all of a sudden, Anthe's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm actually going to leave and I'm going to find Utena. And she leaves the school. Hmm. So they've, Interesting. they've both been freed from the system because she knows Utena's still alive and out there. And now Anthe has agency finally and right. can pursue her life. That that I wonder that sounds um, I was reading about like the end of the movie. And uh, I think the director was saying, like, the idea of uh, Utena turning into the car was like <laughs> a, a reverse of Sleeping Beauty. 
the idea that um, instead of the princess being asleep, the prince is now asleep, and that's what Utena does to be the car falls asleep, and then Anthe has to wake her back up. Yeah. <laughs> um, which sounds a little bit like a different version of the ending you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. What I yeah I think I think they they just flew off into a wild symbolic version of that. But I do think the idea is that you know that moment of betrayal when Anthe. Anthe stabs Utena in the animated series as kind of a, like, it's while Utena is, is dueling and is very, like, like violently dueling this person and has the upper hand and you think she's going to win. But what does that mean if she wins? If she slays this, you know, ultimate prince in violence, does she become that character? And Anthe mm. stabs her and says, no, you can't be my prince because you're a woman. I feel like that's that idea that it's not about becoming the prince it's about understanding that they both have like agency and they both have masculine and feminine aspects to them they both take control at different times and that's recognizing that ability of both of mm-hmm. them is why they can both walk free i think and you right. know or or drive free <laughs> or drive free yeah that was i i read several analyses of the car and the one that made the most sense to me was someone who said the whole movie is kind of like the symbol for you know, they're at school and it's more adolescence and childhood and them leaving at the end is like maturing and growing into like independent adult versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. So Utena becoming the car is more so like transforming into accepting, I don't know, like everything that she is and using that to get away from the school and mm-hmm. from adolescence and from childhood and, and Anthony, Anthony helping helping with that. It's, it's also really interesting because what you all what, what we've all kind of been brushing up against is like in the beginning, there's this idea that you don't have to be rescued by the prince. You can be the prince, um, which is sort of an old school feminism right. kind of thing that where it's like a girl boss energy yeah. <laughs> that you're you know what I yeah. mean, um, that we now accept is like, well, no, I don't I don't actually have to necessarily um you know, hold myself to these sort of masculine or male, what you know, whatever this energy is that you're associating with the prince, that's not the only kind of power that exists. Mm-hmm. There can be a lot power and strength and confidence and all of that can look leadership. It can look a lot of different ways and it doesn't always necessarily have to conform to these sort of traditional gender binary roles mm-hmm. um, where if I want to be a strong girl, I just act like a quote unquote boy. You right. know what I mean? Like that there's, there's a whole plethora of ways that that can look. And that's where they go by the end, which is, which is a really cool and progressive statement that is still so relevant right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that I like that wider scope of, it's not really just about gender. It's that if, you know, if the identity of the prince is defined as somebody that rescues princesses, it means you have to have a constant stream of princesses in danger, right. princesses mm-hmm. trapped, princesses suffering to be the prince. So, like, your identity is defined by somebody else's suffering. And that's a bigger world concept. Yeah. Um, well, I was I was really impressed by that aspect of it, because I, I really when I what I kind of thought I was watching was like, well, that's cool. You know, I'm so used to seeing, especially anything that's animated. If it comes from the U S if there's going to be romance, like back in our time, Tay, I feel like it was all 
heterosexual yeah. like mm-hmm. any everything was and so like the idea that there were things that existed at that time that weren't it was really cool but it was so much more than that like that was just one little aspect which is definitely there in the movie and important and you know that kind of representation it can be so meaningful but like there's all this other stuff there that I wasn't ready for mm-hmm. that is really cool and a, a lot of it is hard stuff I will say that I think that there's a lot here too about trauma processing you know in both the movie mm-hmm. and the anime uh, all of the characters have trauma that they're kind of working through but definitely Utena and Anthe and yeah. you, know, you see them sort of working through that and there's some heavy stuff but I think that's also that's purposely there like it's purposely confrontational I think of all of the aspects of becoming a, a person you know that, that moment at the end of the movie where, and it's such, because it's comical in some way, because Anthe's in the car being crushed between the two belts, and the prince <laughs> mm-hmm. is trying to, like, force her to go back, and he says, go back and become a, a, a living corpse with me. And and that as goofy as the setup is, that moment always makes me cry, because, you know, you think of, like, everything it takes to free yourself and, like, mm-hmm. live a, a, a validating life versus what it feels like to be in the closet in whatever way you might be. And it feels very much like being a living corpse, you know? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I can understand why it would have been so meaningful to you. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that you have shared it with us now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird anime. I think for anyone going in un, uneducated on it, I would give a lot of trigger warnings. There's some rough content there. There's some violence. Sure. There's a lot of slapping in the anime that's very intense slapping. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of intense slapping. <laughs> like this is not like you, you get slapped in the face and you're like, "Ow!" It's like you fall down and crumble in a pile of bones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there is even like right from the jump. There's a lot of it. Poor Anthe. A lot of intense slapping. Yeah, yeah. Anthe is a Anthe is a complex character too. You know, the, we talked a lot about Atena, but I think that you know that's it's the stories about both of these women freeing themselves mm-hmm. from the systems that they've been forced into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I look forward to your eventual cosplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't know why I haven't before. I, I have the wig. We'll get there. All right. One I'm day. excited. Yes. Well, Tay, thank you. Thank you, Tay. Um, I, I enjoyed really enjoyed that. this, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you shared it with us. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you for t- taking the dive. So this is just a precursor to Evangelion, because I feel like that's another one of those 90s <laughs> animes where you're like, oh, you think this is about big robots? No, it's about, oh, like... No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much bigger. <laughs> I was on a trend in the 90s to, like, give you a tropey, like, presentation of an anime, and they'd be like, no, it's actually about philosophy. Ha-ha. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotcha. Made you think. Yeah. There you go. Uh, what's next, Riley? So uh, we have talked about reboots before on this show. And finally, I have gotten to an age where a show from my childhood has been rebooted for the adult audience because, well, I'm an adult now. Mm-hmm. And that's iCarly. We talked about the original on here not too long ago, actually. Um, and now Paramount Plus has come up with this reboot this iCarly 2.0 um iCarly's I think 25 or 26 now she's grown up it's about modern internet and she cusses she says bad words whoa they can they can drink alcohol in this series they talk about suggestive material they say Um, bad words because it's not for kids anymore it's for us and you're not a kid all right I'm not a kid anymore so maybe we should let you say a bad word maybe you should finally let me say a bad word you can say one, one bad word next week. Yeah. Oh my be, gosh. Be thinking so about I which think bad about my word. Ba- one bad word. What's yeah. Your favorite bad word. 
Yeah, so oh, everybody, so everybody, get ready. Riley's oh, going to say one bad word next one week. One bad word. Yeah. One. We'll give you a timestamp. So if you don't want to hear the bad word, yeah, <laughs> don't tell our mom. Don't tell right. mom, <laughs> please. All right. Well, thank you both. Um, this was really enjoyable. Tay, really, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank and you. Thank you, listeners. Um, you should check out Revolutionary Girl Utena, either the. <laughs> The anime or the movie, um, I, I mean, I think they're both great. I didn't yeah. read the manga. I'm sure it's great. The manga, the manga also ends differently, but it also kind of gets at the same point. So it's really, it's a choose your own adventure there. <laughs> whatever, whatever format you enjoy. Um, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at stillbuffing@maximumfun.org, And you should go to MaximumFun.org. And there are lots of podcasts there. And listen to them. You'll love them. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. I believe I'm going to say that. So many choose from. You finally going to say butt? Wait. I've never said one before. Can you say butt? It's a lie. Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about the, this, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. And, okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.